What is up, friends? I'm your host, Matt, and I want to welcome you to the Notably Known Podcast, where we break down life as a young Christian so we can glorify God and make His Word fully known in a difficult and changing world. Thanks for hanging out today, so let's make Him known. In today's episode, we're going to answer the question, why doesn't God just put an end to pain, suffering, and evil? All around us, we see these situations. You've worked hard your whole life with your company, but now they're laying you off. Why, God? Why? A recent visit to the doctor, perhaps your doctor said, I have bad news, it's cancer. Why, God? Why? A couple struggling with infertility learns of yet another miscarriage. Why, God, why? Missionaries kidnapped, another school shooting, children starving, the list could go on and on, but the question remains, why, God, why? So join me today as we look for answers to these troubling questions, and let's make him known. Well, we aren't alone in wondering these questions. Over 2,500 years ago, Habakkuk, a prophet of Judah, had the same questions. He lived in a time when Judah was violent and wicked, and many innocent people suffered. In Habakkuk 1, verses 1 through 3, the prophet asked, How long, O God, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. A cry, but you do not come to save me. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? It appeared to Habakkuk that God was ignoring the problem of pain and suffering. And Job, he had a similar complaint. He had a large stock of animals that were stolen. All his farm hands were killed. His house was destroyed and all his children had died. He contracted a terrible case of boils from head to toe. And as he sat in misery, scraping his running sores with broken pieces of pottery, the only comfort and advice he got from his wife was curse God and die. Well, instead, Job cursed the day that he was born, and in Job 3, he asked, Why is life given to those with no future, those destined by God to live in distress? I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest. Instead, only trouble comes. He could not understand why God would allow such suffering for those without a future. King David, too, had his questions for God. He was misunderstood, mistreated, and betrayed, and he suffered at the hands of his enemies. He cried out in Psalm 13, O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? Turn and answer me, O my God. Well, what is God's answer? Why doesn't he stop the madness? Today in the 21st century, violence is everywhere. Life is given to those with no real future, and we see the misery and hopelessness of starving and broken. Where is God? Why does he let it go on? It seems that God gave Habakkuk understanding of how he wanted him and all of us to respond. Rather than trying to figure out the details of his plan, God wants us to focus on him as a person. He told Habakkuk that these things I plan won't happen right away. In Habakkuk 2, he says, Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves, and their lives are crooked. 
but the righteous will live by their faith. And there it is. God wants us to trust him personally, even if we don't understand his plan. And Job finally got to the same message, that he was to put his faith in the person of God. Job said to him, I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. You asked, Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I, and I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me. And how did he come to the conclusion that God's ways and his plans were beyond his comprehension? Well, it was by knowing God the person. He said in Job 42, I had only heard you before, but now I have seen with my own eyes. His focus was no longer on a plan, but in a person whom he trusted to know what he was doing. King David understood the message that he was to live by faith and in the person of God too. Right after he asked God, why have you abandoned me? He declared, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you and you rescued them. They trusted in you and were not disgraced. Next, we see that in suffering, there is a message of unity. Jesus prayed that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. And that's the way we ought to be as Christians, one in Christ. If we have been born into the family of God, we are a child of God. We are all brothers and sisters. And also, suffering holds a message of comfort. In 2 Corinthians, we read, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Because tragedies happen to us, it gives us a greater sense of oneness with others who have experienced tragedies. We can feel for them in that suffering situation. Because we have been comforted through the Word of God, we in turn may be able to comfort others. Now let's look at some practical things we can do to embrace God's purposes in our suffering. First, let's look to God's promises for comfort. Scripture will sustain us through all of life's challenges. 2 Corinthians 4:17 says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And Psalm 119:92 says, If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. So we need to cling to God and cling to his promises when we face tribulation. And second, lighten the load with prayer. As Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. And we'll further discuss this idea of prayer in much more detail in next week's episode. But finally, share your life and experience with others who suffer. We need to reach out to friends or family who are going through a tough time. Give our time and energy and money to work with the lonely, the poor, those who are battling illness or addiction. Through this, we'll see how God can use our suffering as well as theirs. And so back to the main question, why doesn't God do something about all this suffering and chaos all around us? Well, the truth is, he already has. We see in the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus felt overwhelmed with sadness. 
He told his disciples, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. He was arrested, mocked, and beaten, and then he went to the cross to die for us. And that's how much he loves us. And why did Jesus do it? Why did he suffer relentless beatings, then hang on a cross, and his heavenly Father not intervene? Just as he didn't end his own son's suffering as soon as he would have liked, God also doesn't end our suffering as soon as we would like. And because Jesus is God and Jesus suffered, well, God also suffered. He paid the highest price for us, and his sacrifice addresses the very heart of the problem of evil and suffering. One day, it'll prove to be the final answer. So when you're tempted to ask God, why are you doing this to me? We need to look to the cross and ask instead, why did you do that for me? In 1 Peter 2, 21-23, Peter said, God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor even deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. You see, Jesus as God knew that his suffering was the only solution for sin, suffering, and death. And he modeled what we must do. We must place our faith and trust in God who does all things right in his perfect timing. And because Jesus lives, we can face tomorrow with peace in our heart. Because Jesus lives, life is worth living. Because Jesus lives, I'm looking forward to an eternal life with him. And to all who put their trust in him, he promised an eternal life of no more suffering, no more tears, no more sorrow, and no more pain. Thank you for hanging out today. If you enjoyed today's episode, hit subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, and join me again next week on the Notably Known Podcast. And remember, friends, let's make him known.